podcast episode three. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to get back into it. It's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? So yes. today we are discussing, are you burning cash on LinkedIn ads? Mm. So again, I'm just going to kind of ask you, why, why is this the topic that we're speaking about today? Like what, what prompted your interest to, to discuss this in depth? Yeah, sure. I think, first of all, we class ourselves as, you know, experts on LinkedIn when it comes to nurturing relationships and generating their relationships. And I think so many people um, would use LinkedIn ads in the same way that they might do it on, you know, for example, a clothing brand mm. on Instagram sure. or... And it's, and it's a different approach that's needed mm-hmm. uh, massively, actually. Um, I think I think a lot of people feel that it's a lead capture tool, yeah. but it doesn't work the same way on LinkedIn. Mm. I think probably most people who have tried LinkedIn ads have said, no, it didn't do anything for me. Mm. Um, I would say that, that probably easily 98% of the people I speak to. But actually getting them to think about it in a different way can really help people get the most out of LinkedIn ads because it is important. And I think people just need to be educated mm. in the right way of, of using LinkedIn ads because it's not there to lead capture. It's yeah. really not. Yeah, I was going to say, and you, you did touch upon it there, but what do you think people's like first perception, like say they're scrolling through LinkedIn, they see an ad, what's the immediate perception of the majority of the people that, that you're exposed to? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if people see an ad and it's interesting to them, they'll probably like it, might engage with it. But if it's got a lead capture form on LinkedIn, it re- I don't think that many of us, even if they are in a slight position where they may be interested, might click on it. Mm. And and actually, although we could be very targeted on LinkedIn, I think you need to almost take a step back and, and make it more educational and thorough in that way rather than... Because I, 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 I genuinely, myself, I've never clicked on a LinkedIn ad, mm. like, ever. Um, and I've worked in multiple ventures now. So, mm. And I think we've asked our audience and our ICP, and they're saying that they don't. Mm. Um, have you ever registered for anything? Maybe a webinar. Mm. But that's, again, that's not, it's not showing someone that's got intent to buy from you right now. And go back to that same yeah, 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 intent yeah. to buy over and over again. But... It's, it's rare that it works in the same way that Google pay-per-click works. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens when someone's in the buying behavior for something? They go onto Google, they search for it, or they go to someone they know. And unfortunately, it just doesn't work the same way on LinkedIn. Mm. And you touched upon it again in that. And I think just to be clear on this topic, you're not here and we're not here saying, oh, LinkedIn ads are bad. It's mm. just about doing it in the right way. So yeah. I wondered from your perspective and in your opinion, what the right way of using LinkedIn ads is. Yeah, well, I actually saw a stat the other day and someone um, who did lead generation via LinkedIn okay. quoted that um, I think it's an 80-20 split. So 80% of lead capture um, happens on LinkedIn and 20% of it's educational and brand, mm. uh, but using ads to push out their education and sure. push out their brand. For me, I'm sitting there going, well, no, that's definitely not right because what the only mean? ads that I see are lead capture, lead mm, capture, mm. lead capture. Whereas I think that, you know, you've got a good piece of content, you pushed it out and you've decided to promote that via an ads, that's different. That would have a much better effect than you invest in hundreds and hundreds of pounds. I've, I've tried it, you know, and I've spoken to companies who've invested tens of thousands of pounds on lead capture via mm-hmm. LinkedIn 
and I think that they've probably one percent conversion rate on on click through. Mm. Um, which is that's you know some people might suggest that the forms are wrong. Sure. No, let's let's get real. I reckon majority of businesses, and feel free to comment if you think I'm wrong, mm. but I think the majority of businesses will say that they've never made anything from LinkedIn ads. Mm. And what's the bigger picture to that? So you reference like a potential one percent closure rate from the uh, the lead captures that you get off the back of those ads. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, yeah, you're burning money on the adverts, etc., yeah. etc. But th- there's definitely a more detrimental, bigger problem behind that as well. So, w- what do you think that is? If you're spending this money, you get it through, you pass it across to your sales team. What's what's the bigger picture behind that fundamental failure? Yeah, I, I think if people invested more time in creativity, mm. then and and becoming more educational, these people will trust your brand, and then you retarget the same the same ICP mm. who's engaged with that originally. LinkedIn smart, the algorithm's fart, uh, smart. It will, you know, I just said fart on a podcast. <laughs> <is> brilliant. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the retargeting smart enough and the algorithm's smart enough to um, make sure that these people see the next one mm. and the next one. And, and, and actually, if you become educational, you push out a couple of webinars, but then you're targeting these people, you're standing in the front of them whilst pushing your outbound prospecting and mm. interacting um, a lot of people will become more savvy to brands. Um, we're doing more of that. No, none of our ads are educational. None of our clients, uh, sorry, none, none of our ads are lead capture. Mm-hmm. Um, no, none of our clients' ads are lead capture either. Mm. They are all educational LinkedIn posts, which just purely are there to support the brand in its outbound and inbound activity. Because these people, when they look on your LinkedIn pages, they will eventually then see that ad. You know, I see my clients' ads all the time because I'm engaging with their brand. But the people who are also doing that or going on their pages, being contacted by a certain client, will also start to get in that that funnel. And actually that that kind of nurturing um, and building that trust is is much more important, much more important. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm just thinking off the back of that because... After that explanation, after I've digested that explanation, it makes a lot of sense to me. And you referenced the 80-20 split a little bit earlier in the conversation. So I'm wondering, it makes a lot of sense when you explain it. Yeah. Why is there this split? Why do you think people are reluctant to to take that desperation? Desperation every time. You gotta think, people are trying to invest to get something in return. But desperation kicks in and they're thinking, they see what LinkedIn says they're gonna get anywhere between 16 and 35 leads mm-hmm. it never happens like and if the leads come through they're normally at the kind of the loose end of the barrel and uh, desperation is key to to make sure that it, well it, that they're making money and mm-hmm. i think you know but actually that desperation they lose opportunities i mean let me give you an analogy here and i've got this written down just so i get it right I heard something the other day. Radio ads in the B2B space are ineffective because it's kind of too broad, mm-hmm. uh, unless, unless it's recruitment. Um, you can't be specific in your approach. You can't be specifically targeting um, a managing director in his you know, BMW going down the M25 at that exact time, can you? So mm-hmm. um, if you think about that, that's too broad. What LinkedIn allows you to do is be more specific. So why would you try and capture on that first interaction, it doesn't respond in the same way. 
um, you're not speaking to these people. It's a post or a video about your business and video is more effective, but it doesn't mean that people are going to engage in that first interaction. I think they need to hear it over and over again and see it over and over again, or some form of trust and belief in that brand before they're making that, that interaction or making that leap to say, Hey, I'm ready. You said about video then specifically, mm-hmm. and you said it's one of the better ways. Yeah. What would you say are the best ways in, in your mind? Yeah, I think um, client re- references, testimonials, or client experiences, maybe in a kind of second, third, possibly even fourth interaction via some ad, is actually quite a good way. Um, you know, video is always good to promote culture. Mm. Um, certainly from a recruitment perspective, I think if we were able to do anything, we'd just push out our kind of recruitment targeted video to really help show what we're about um, via an ad. Mm. But at the same time, um, you know, maybe pushing video too early on a client reference is too soon mm. because what will happen is these people who are in your ideal client profile, they won't really get to grips with what you do. Or if there's several touch points before that, and then they see that video of a, a competitor mm. talking about how good your service is, that builds the trust. That locks in that trust. And then all of a sudden, they might actually end up reaching out to you. Mm. Um, and then maybe a lead capture after that. But even still, I, I just don't believe in it. I think if... You know, if you've captured someone at the right time and they've engaged with it, feel free to get your outbound team to engage with them and just understand, you know, what do they find interesting? What do they like? Um, that's, that's, that's a really good way. But again, don't, don't sell. Like, just chill a little minute and, you know, just make a little bit of effort first. Mm. And, and, and why I'm doing this is because so many businesses, when I come to talk about the importance behind doing ads alongside what we do it's not to lead capture it's to Mm. only enhance our outbound strategy and inbound strategy as well to make sure that we're 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 effective in really creating demand rather than trying to lead capture and wasting lots of money on people who are probably never going to buy your services again Mm. yeah and it kind of falls in alignment with what we've discussed historically as well which is it's about that long-term vision as opposed to, to short-term. And yeah. you're talking about that desperation, which definitely comes across in in the conversation that we're having. So I'm kind of wondering, and I'm putting myself in the shoes of someone else, maybe a managing director, and I'm saying, maybe the reason I want this this approach, the, uh, the captures, is because I want the numbers. I want these coming through. And you can... I guess you can really analyse that, right? We've had 10 come through this week. But I guess in terms of a mindset shift, mm-hmm. how can you track educational content and its effectiveness yeah it's a good point um i think when when it comes to video you can really see uh video views Mm. and and engagement's normally quite high Mm. um i think by asking as well you know when you've started to get into a conversation with someone let you know there's no harm in you saying hey we're doing some kind of market research right now to really understand a customer's journey to Mm. this point and just being upfront and asking them um, you know, did you see any of our, you know, content recently, uh, our educational videos? Did you attend any of our webinars, which they should have a log of that mm-hmm. anyway, um, and really understand their journey, see, see what they know about the brand already, mm. especially if they've reached out to you, you know, we get it quite a lot where, you know, Hey, I saw 
I think the most random one, I saw your golf shot in Dubai <laughs> and it was like, okay, right. Um, How did they feel about it? Any, yeah. any pointers? No, they, they said great form. <laughs> um, uh, you know, even Tiger Woods commented on that. No, didn't. Um, but, you know, but it's, it's good to understand what they've seen in your business and what they like about your business because that's how you learn. That's how mm. you become better. Mm. Um, and, and, yeah, really building on what you're meant to be doing to get your audience reacting with you. I have some great relationships that we're not working with yet, mm. but I can pick up the phone to these people and they won't feel like I'm selling to them because of their journey, because of how we left the conversation, because they weren't forced into something. No, it's, it's quite a good way of um, you're building that trust in your brand. Yeah, definitely. And you reference people that aren't working with you at yeah. the moment. But I know we kind of spoke off camera about yeah. a business that is working with you, which is sore with us, yeah. I believe. So it'd be great if you could kind of explain what's been effective in that relationship, sure. but, but why it's been effective. I mean, they're just one to mention, but we do it with quite a lot of our clients. We understand what, what do they like about us, what they don't like. We'd ask them to... You know, as you are a client, how does this piece of content resonate with you? Mm. How does this landing page like resonate with you? You know, I do it all the time. Uh, the guys that saw us, great guys, we're good friends as well now. And um, and yeah, I, I have no fear in sending them anything and saying, hey guys, what do you think of this? But, you know, they were in the same position as us. It was, you know, they didn't know what to do with their content strategy. And I'm telling you now, the directors are pushing out Every single day, one piece of educational piece of content, organic. Mm. Their ads are for sure. That's probably even the more educational than it ever was before. I don't even think they did LinkedIn ads beforehand, but they're just one company to to mention that we have, who are a client who mm. we have no fear in asking them how does this resonate with you, and not enough people do that. Like, I see it often where someone goes you know you need to speak to your clients but how many businesses actually do that why? i think why why don't they well i, th I think they, they get to a point where they're like you're already a client why do why do i need to do that bit now like they almost feel like they're, they're almost talking them out of the sale and actually you know these clients are making a big decision to make you know make a purchasing decision so therefore it's like you know don't ruin that chance you know interact with them more they'll probably appreciate you more than ever you know productive is another company Arnon mm -hmm. Lakani who you know we often want to do things with him um busy guy but you know we ask him how he feels that would resonate with him if if he was to get involved in it and it, and it really does work so my advice is speak to your clients see what would resonate with them if they went back to being that customer mm -hmm. a lot of them came through our old channels not our new ones so that's another thing. If you're looking to make that change, mm. you came down a different route. You know, we built a bit of rapport with you off on in mail. We had a couple of conversations and then eventually you said you're ready. Mm. Okay. So what, how would you have reacted if you went this route? You know, what would have made you want to pick up the phone to us or interact with us as a business? And I think that's really important. Just ask your clients. Yeah. 
Definitely. With that in mind, it kind of leads me to the question of, so what I guess we're talking about from a content strategy is proactive versus reactive, but but kind of alongside each other as well. So it's like, are you proactive and you have a set structure of what you want to push out, various different posts we've talked about, white papers, visual mm. content, et cetera. But then obviously what we're talking about is it's important to be reactive to ask your clients what resonates and mm-hmm. then base future content around their feedback. Yeah. So I guess what that leads me to ask is, what is the perfect like amalgamation of a set structure which you've got in place so you can stick to it mm. also then the reactivity of going off the back of your clients yeah advice? yeah good good question um i think firstly you need to know that every business is different even if mm. they're in the same industry so that's always important to mention um i, I think first of all you need to find what works Speak to your clients before you do anything first. Understand what, you know, and we're talking if you've got a portfolio of 20 clients or 50 clients, you don't have to ask many. Ask kind of five mm. or, you know, six of them. The ones that you really have that good relationship but who you know would be honest with you as well. Understand that first. Then I would almost create some form of schedule, but don't let one that particular ad run for too long. Change it up. Keep it fresh. Keep the targeting the same as well. Um, that's important. You've got to keep targeting the same ICP because otherwise you'll lose momentum on that. Um, and hopefully you'll have someone good in place who can retarget quite well as well. Mm. Um, and then I would almost trust in that schedule, but don't expect miracles. And I'm thinking, I reckon the majority of our clients, we're looking at sometimes six, possibly even eight months before mm. they really see a reaction off the back of it. Mm. Now, we do get the odd win now and then. They've engaged with that piece of content. We, we've we then decided to prospect that person mm. in the right way. Don't go, hey, I saw you like my post, our post, and you're, you're interested in buying. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but just, you know, ask him what, you know, we're doing a bit of research, want to understand, you know, what made you engage with our content. Um, just remind them what it was, you know, what they, what you do as a company. And, and just get to know that person, if, if, especially if they fit your ICP. Mm. Um, so, and just again, going back to it, trust in the system. It, it, it's hard. I know it's hard because you might have a pressure from a CEO who's saying, where's the numbers, where's the numbers, why are we spending this money in this area? Mm. And look, we have clients sometimes come back to us and go, I don't really understand the point. And I'm like, well, actually, it's enhancing our performance off, off the ad. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's helping us. So it, when is a good time to follow up on opportunities or start to lead capture? I think you'll know when your engagement rises and, and more people that you're speaking to, if you're using SalesNav, um, if your engagement's quite high on SalesNav that's, that's, and you've got a good portfolio racking mm-hmm. up of people who you've started to build relationships with, that's when it's probably a good time. Um, and always ask if they heard of anything about that company before or how they've heard about us if they come through to you directly. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just thinking off the back of that, and one of the things that I love about these conversations that we have is that you're speaking not just from an experience of your clients, but you're also speaking from an experience of Kurdos. And yeah. more often than not, what we speak about is what you do internally. Sure. Um, so I think it would be great if you could kind of share what, what's your current strategy at Kurdos, <laughs> and then that's going to kind of resonate with your clients because they can see well, they're telling us to do this, yeah. but they're doing it themselves and it's working, so therefore it makes sense. Sure. Um, 
first of all, we we actually were doing a video about this today. Hmm. Um, just a, a message from a CEO. And one of the things we talked about was how we changed the way that we were monitoring our effectiveness in our in our content strategy. So first of all, shift the mindset, shift the organization's mindset. The good news is I'm, I am you know, up, up there with the organization. So mm. I could really dictate that, which was good. It was nice to be in control of that. But start concentrating on more important areas. Um, who's commenting on your post, who's, you know, what's the quality of engagement, who's messaging you, telling you that, you know, their reaction to your videos, who's sharing, who's, and really start to know why these people are doing what they're doing. Um, and then the strategy from there was just continually engage with our ICP that we're targeting in our ad strategy as well. Um, and, and, and really identify what content, you know, even when you're speaking in the discovery or pre-discovery, really understand what would make them want you if mm. they saw an ad on LinkedIn. There's no harm. You made the effort to get them in the discovery, ask them these things. That's These are all key things that we're actually monitoring and we're tracking in our KPIs, which most businesses will not track this or they'll look at some kind of attribution software um, that will kind of tell them some more kind of stats. But for me, it's all about understanding uh, in our research period almost what is making them budge what is that making them like what's them making them follow us what's making them engage and just building relationships it, for us it's there's no lead capture or monetary value that's targeted at the end of it it's purely brand it's purely exposure you know um alex is targeted um on engagement making sure that our, against our competitor per post our engagement's higher and actually as of last week we were the highest engagement per post in in the uk um against the competitors that we've selected cool. and and that stuff's important to us because when we're prospecting them when we've got our google campaigns going it's all relevant mm. and then understanding whether they've seen anything is important how they got to you and when did you first implement this strategy? Start of the year, I think. Well, I say, st I say start of the year. Um, I would say we really pushed it end of Q1, early Q2, mm. which is really not that long ago. No. So, um, But for us, there was a different message behind it. And I think that's the bit. The shift in the mindset first is so important. Mm. For any company that's looking to get more out of their ads strategy and understand the importance behind it, it's not lead capture. And I know there are some businesses that will say that we do get leads, but now tell me your conversions. Mm. Um, because I guarantee that uh, someone that fits our ideal client, pro mm. client profile, gone through our funnel, spoken to Jack, uh, had that, that opportunity to really nurture a relationship with us, understand us more, comes through to discovery because there's intent shown. Our conversion will be massively different to the typical conversions that are out there. And, and I think that's the bit you need to track. Um, with that conversion in mind, it just kind of led me to the point which I wanted to explore with mm. you. So what does that low conversion rate do for the sales marketing relationship when you're pushing through these, uh, these lead captures via LinkedIn? Uh, I reckon 1% of MQLs um, convert, mm. possibly even less. Um, because they're not focused on sales outcomes mm. or funneling intent opportunities. 
you'd rather, you know, your engagement to be low, but the intent be there, um, then they're not, but you'd also rather lots of engagement and then intent start to funnel through from other people. And I think, you know, shifting again from that mindset, get away from the MQL mm. stuff and, and thinking more like a salesperson in your strategy, thinking more, what does my, my, you know, prospect want to see before they buy mm. all important stuff. And, and you've got to remember there's people in your pipeline who haven't quite made that leap yet. Mm. Well, it's important for you to stay in the mind of them as well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you made the hard work and effort to promote what you do. You've probably pro- probably provided a proposal or a recommendation of some sort. You know, engage, mm. you know, and, and and continue to engage with them. And and that stat there, you know, one percent. I'm being real. You know, I've worked with companies who say, "Oh, we generated." 500 leads this month from mm. webinars and, and conferences and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, we do all this follow-up when I tell them it's not going to work and then, and they convert less than 1% sometimes. And that's nothing to do with us. That's just purely back, based on the fact that people like research, people like knowing things. But if you think about it this way, you educate these people and you keep them in that funnel. These people who are engaging with you and trying to get all the free stuff, they might get to the stage where they need your services and who else are they going to go to other than someone they trust? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, that's a really good points actually there. So I think that'll, that'll resonate with a lot of people. And I guess off the back of that as well, it's, I think it goes back to a point that we've discussed a lot, which is the friction between the, the marketing and sales relationship, mm. which that creates as well, because marketing is sat there thinking, oh, I've done a great job. I've generated X amount of leads and sales are saying, well, I've closed one out of the last 100 that you've passed across, which makes them look bad, which, mm-hmm. yeah, which even enhances that, that friction further, which I know is kind of a subject we've touched upon a few times. Yeah, I, I think if you're trying to create quick wins, you, all you're probably doing is just pissing off your sales guy, and 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 actually, and then the sales director's pissed off at the sales team for not converting high enough. And and I think having that pressure from the sales per, sales director on the salesperson, mm. why are you not converting these leads? Um, Negatively affect the good leads that do come across. Yeah, and actually create desperation to the point where they propose inaccurately mm-hmm. and that's that's another point you know if you end up getting desperate because you got pressure from a sales director because the mqls are crap and all the leads are crap from your marketing team all of a sudden you're you're probably proposing you know a third of what you should be proposing to make that mm-hmm. project work yeah and then that's how problems go, ha- happen and that's how your retention rate dips and and this is something that i need to sort now early and make sure it doesn't happen to my team because what will happen is my retention rates will dip. We're running at just over 95% a day. If we start to adopt this, where's my sales, where's my sales, and MQL aren't good, we're not in that state. Mm. But if we're high-volume MQLs and why they're not converting, all of a sudden we start quoting inaccurately and pissing people off and clients don't retain. And that's the problem we've got if we if we don't keep that mindset, you know, and stay true to our words. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. I mean, just from a CEO's perspective then, how hard is it for you, let's say a month goes by, two mm-hmm. months go by, and actually the sales are really low, mm-hmm. how hard is it for you to maintain this actually, okay, so it's fine, we're not converting, but the engagement's good, we know it'll come. 
when revenue is important at the end of the day, how hard is it for you to, to maintain that message to your staff? Uh, I think, um, luckily, you know, we haven't been in that position yet. Yeah. Um, I think, it, you know, the good thing is, is that our team aren't getting negged out mm. because they all believe in mm. this, because they see our clients achieving mm. it now. I mean, one of our clients went from no new business development function to two million pounds in confident projected pipeline. And I mean, like they've already signed NDAs and everything. Yeah. It's huge, right? Mm. Massive success. But they went for no new business function, trusted in us and it mm. worked. And I'm like, they see that and they're like, great, it's going to happen. And it is becoming more frequent. Mm. You know, we get, like I said, I said the other week, Jack gets you know, two or three people come back to him mm. and say, hey, I'm thinking I'm ready to talk now. And our guys, you know, when they come through to then myself or anyone else and we, we end up doing discoveries with them, it's at that point where, you know, they're already trusted in our own process to get them there because we haven't try to burn them as a lead or mm. force them into an appointment they don't want or force them into a demo and and that trust is there and and all of a sudden it starts to just start the snowball effect mm. it does happen but the best bit is is the retention bit and that's why we heavily incentivize on our retention because we know that a lot of our clients grow their accounts they go three or fourfold on their accounts and that's the important bit to focus on, not just trying to get desperate in the moment. If I if I if I got to that point, Laurie, I'd go and seek investment. And I'd find an angel investor or an investor that believes in this as well. It would have to be someone that believes and doesn't say obviously you have to kind of forecast the money sure. and stuff, but um I, and I get that. But there needs to be an element of trust. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, we do Google pay-per-click and stuff. So and that helps but they make a decision because of our content exactly and everything else yeah it all works together and i think i touched 100%. upon it earlier which is one of the things which is so special about the company is i touched upon it earlier your clients believe you because you do it internally but then it actually goes deeper than that what you were speaking about your staff believe it because mm. the clients that they're calling for that they're prospecting for they're seeing wins so therefore they they kind of believe the whole circle internally as well so yeah i think it's, it's really special and quite unique to, to be quite transparent um well, quite, quite, something quite funny on that actually we've got a client in dubai actually his name's mitchell and he calls our process because he came through an educational video really? engaged with it jack just reached out to him and say hey you know um wanted why you engaged and just want to get to know you a bit better and understand your company a bit more. And he, he actually calls that process. He's a client of ours now. Mm. He's, you know, he's working with us for six months now. He's, he's got every intention to work with us long-term gets us down to a T, but he calls it the Jack effect because our process was so, he said so lean and, mm. and he said, that's what I need. Mm. He said, that's what I need. I need something like that. How did you do that? So we started off training him how to do it. And then he went, Joe, I ain't got time for this. So can you do it? Okay, there we go. That's, that's the dream right there. That's the dream. Yeah. But no, it's an inspiring story. I'm glad we, we got to kind of kind of worm it out of there. So um, yeah. yeah, it's good. I mean, the way I wanted to, to kind of tie things up mm. from my perspective before asking you if there's anything else that we yeah. can go into is on advice. Mm. Um, so I guess there's going to be people in two different camps if I'm being... Um, 
focused here, laser focused. So there'll be people that have just started adopting this approach that mm -hmm. potentially haven't seen the results because it is longer term. And yeah. then there'll be people that are reluctant to adopt this approach. So what advice would you have for the person that's just started that potentially yeah. hasn't seen any results? And then what advice would you have for that person that is reluctant to take the jump? Yeah, um, keep the faith for the, faith for the, fir first, the first one. one. Yeah, um, I know it's hard, but don't also keep the same message. Mm. Try and keep the content changing, rotate it a little bit, be interesting. Um, and for the and you know certainly if you've been going for some time, maybe look at what you're trying to say to your audience because that's the important bit. Maybe go and ask a couple of clients, send them the link. What do you think? Just get their feedback. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you might actually find that maybe you're being a little bit too direct about me, 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 rather than what's in it for me with mm -hmm. the client. You know, um, you know Wifm's a great thing in all different worlds. So um, if you're the other person and you're reluctant, you probably haven't even started your organic stuff yet. Mm. And I think this is also important. If you're doing ads and you're not doing any organic stuff, like just general content, and look, we're posting a lot now, um, uh, like, you know, every opportunity mm -hmm. we can, everything that we can as well, because that's important that they see all aspects of our business through culture, through to mm -hmm. performance, through to testimonials, through to industry specific. Um, and, it's, and that's key, you know, get your organic content going first. Mm -hmm. Try and get kind of maybe target yourself 30, 40 posts over the next however many you know, months, weeks, <laughs> um, whatever you feel like doing. I, I think I looked the other day and I think in the last six months we've done some like 500 posts or something, 408 posts. Yeah, that is impressive. Um, but then again, when it comes to your organic posts, don't be samey all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, post the odd interesting fact get a p get a subject post three different versions of it mm -hmm. so this subject for example alex will now go and post uh key pointers mm -hmm. on it in a couple of days alex will then go and post um an article on it uh, alex will also post snippets of this mm -hmm. this podcast and this video to our audience so they can then really get to grips with that message mm -hmm. so yeah don't restrict yourself to just Having one subject, posting it once, and no, no, no. If you post it multiple times, that's when people really start trusting in it yeah. and believing it. And do that over a course of a week or two weeks. Um, we actually post five versions of a key subject. Mm. Um, I think the importance of events was one yeah, 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 with Josh Mitchell. And that post went out like four or five times mm -hmm. so far, and we're still not done. You know, yeah. we're, not, we're not ready to stop, but... Yeah, I'd definitely say work on your organic first. Get that momentum building. Building. Don't look at the number of followers. Keep inviting people who are relevant to follow your page and be specific. Ask them to follow as well. And then start slowly start to see your engagements. Track it. Mm -hmm. Track why people are engaged with it. And then maybe start to launch. Maybe if you find it, uh, one of your posts has been that good, Use that as an ad. Mm. Promote that. You know, if that's had good nat like organic engagement, yeah. post that because your audience is going to fly through the roof. You know, um, but I would say trust in it, but be prepared to spend a bit of money mm -hmm. um, for it to financially pay back. Yeah, it's great advice. And the thing that I love about it so much is it's not 
industry specific really everyone should be adopting this sort of strategy so regardless of what industry you populate it's going to work if, you, if you're social media active so yes. i think that's the great thing about it although if you can be industry specific do yeah 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 100 percent. i'm more meant in terms of not the outreach yeah oh, sure. be industry specific outreach but in terms of whatever industry you you work in yeah. then it's going it's to work same strategy mm. um We've kind of got two key areas working, manufacturing and engineering, and we also work in SaaS IT. Mm. Um, and they're, they're our main ones that we work in and really mm-hmm. pushing out industry-specific content. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's important for us to be pushing that as well, but it works for, works for them mm-hmm. as much as it works for us. So two complete chalk and cheese industry types. Mm. It works for both, and the strategy works for both. Yeah, don't give up. No, it works. That's it. I think from my perspective, it's a great point to to kind of end on. I think it's been an all encompassing, yeah. and as always, very knowledgeable conversation. So I will ask. I always do. Is there anything that that you kind of want to touch upon that we haven't touched upon so far? Yeah, I, I think also. Um, just finally, I've mentioned about articles, mm. webinars. Don't be focusing on your energy on webinars leads because they will come to you more than anything else. I've touched upon testimonials, but also LinkedIn Live. If you haven't applied for LinkedIn Live, apply for it. Mm. Eventually, if you do all this organic stuff like us, I don't have a massive personal following at the moment, but my page does. And because we're doing things right, LinkedIn does turn around and reward you. Mm. So if you haven't applied already, do apply. Um, have the faith. It might take a year or two. It took us a while. Um, but when it comes through, use it. Mm. <laughs> use that LinkedIn Live because it's so important because um, that's another way that you can capture uh, you know, opportunities via LinkedIn and build that trust. Great.